every Christmas tradition has a biblical representation. It all comes from the Bible. So I thought, let's unpack that today as to what the Christmas trees and the lights mean. And so we're going to unpack that and dive right in. The first thing to know about the Christmas tree is that it, it points up. I mean, it's kind of an obvious one. But if you think about the evergreen tree is the tree that's used for Christmas. That's literally the, the standard tree around the world now. People see that as the Christmas tree. They used to hang ornaments and lights on other trees to celebrate Christmas. But that became known as the Christmas tree because of the way it points up. And also it's green year round, which represents the fact that, that Christ's uh, salvation is eternal. It never, it never dies out. And so think about that. Most trees go brown in the summer or have a season where they're off, but not an evergreen. That's why it's called evergreen. And so the first thing to know, number one, is that Christmas trees point to heaven, and they're evergreens representing eternal life found in Christ. Look at the verse on this. 1 John 5 says this, And the testimony is this, that God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. He who has the Son has the life. He who does not have the Son does not have the life. These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. And so this begs the question. I want to give you four statements about the Christmas tree and lights today and then four challenges. And my challenge question for you today is this. Does your life point to heaven? Is there anything about your life that people will look at you and they go, you know what? I know that you love God. I know that you prioritize God in your life because your life points to heaven. Are we about the eternal or are we simply about today? I want to challenge you with that. You know, is there anything different in us? We're supposed to be different. I heard about the lady who was trying to get to the mall for Christmas shopping and she had her window down and she was cutting through traffic, weaving in and out. And this guy in front of her did the, the unthinkable. He stopped at a yellow light. She's like, no, nah, I got to go. And she honks and she's yelling at him. He's not moving. So finally she darts around him, rises the light, turns green. She darts through. A police officer sees her, puts on his lights and follows her and pulls her over. She is like solely embarrassed, of course. But then when the guy's walking up to write her ticket, he, she realizes she recognizes him from her church. She's like, oh, you've got to be kidding me, right? He walks up, he's filling out the ticket, and she's like, do, do you recognize me? And he was like, oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't realize it was you. I, I saw the Jesus stickers in the back of the car, but then the way you were yelling and mad and swerving through traffic, I didn't realize that was you. <laughs> I wonder if people can tell that we're a believer by the way we live differently, like the way we handle stress the way we handle frustrations, the way we handle rejection, the way we handle COVID, the way we handle strong opinions in our family. You're about to get some of that, right? You know, the in-laws and the outlaws are coming to town, right? You got to get ready. And so, you know, are, are we different or are we just like the world? We're supposed to be pointing to God with the way that we live, pointing to, to heaven in the way that we live. Just want to encourage you to live differently. Now, look at the next one. This is important. Of course, if, let's go back to our Christian tree. We have, of course, it points to heaven, but also there are lights on it. And so you know, see the pretty lights. And, you know, I love lighting our tree, but, you know, it used to be a little more complicated. We had the first tree that we had as a family, and we used to wrap the lights around them and plug them in. And then we, like, went techno savvy and bought the pre-lit tree. How many of you guys had the pre-lit tree? That is so worth the extra 20 bucks. Okay, get the pre-lit tree, right? But now we've really stepped up our game. And instead of having to even plug the lights into each other when it's pre-lit, now it comes in sections and the stem is actually the plug. It's so amazing. You got to get this. I can't wait for our next tree or I had that little Elon Musk thing in my head and I just think about it and it just appears. That's going to be so great, right? 
And so, but we keep getting technologically advanced with these trees, you know, but I love the lighting of the tree. Well, those lights represent something. Now, maybe you're already thinking about what would that be? It's the star of Bethlehem. Look at the scripture on this. It says this. It says in Matthew 2, the star they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem and went ahead of them and stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were filled with joy. They entered the house and saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshiped him. So lights don't just represent, you know, what you put on a tree just because it looks pretty, but there's a purpose behind those. Those lights represent Christ himself. They represent the star of Bethlehem. And then that star actually represents Jesus himself. Jesus actually said, I am the light of the world. He said that in John chapter nine. So he even said it of him himself. And so those lights matter. But one of the things I want to point out about these lights, if I can, is the emphasis on light and darkness comes from the Christian belief that the world's hope does not come from within itself. I want to bring this up because maybe you've been frustrated. Maybe you've just been at your wits end with your family, maybe with a child, maybe in your marriage, maybe with your boss, maybe just the way the world's going. You feel like everything's kind of unraveling. You're just really frustrated with our economy or whatever it may be for you. Maybe you've just gotten so frustrated. But can I just remind you that are you putting your hope in the wrong place? You see, people will disappoint you. I just, I just got to let you know now, if you're looking to find hope in this world, you will leave disappointed. You see, a light is not of this world. It's, it's from beyond us. The light of Christ is what illuminates us. Just last night, our power went out. <laughs> My wife was heading home. I called her. I said, hey, babe, we're having candlelight dinner tonight, right? She's like, the power's out. I was like, yeah, power went out. And she says, well, have you checked to see if the neighbor's power is on? I was like, oh, see, she's being practical. Great idea. I jump up and I walk out, outside. And sure enough, every neighbor house is lit up fine, but ours. I'm like, oh, you got She's like, did you pay the bill? I was like, I think I did. <laughs> So now, so now I've got my phone light on. I go over and I, and I light a little candle. I take, Jessica's got candles all over the house. I, I go into our, our office and I'm going through my files trying to find our electric company. And I pull out the number. I call the 800 number. You know, we paid the bill. And so the lady in the, in the phone, she said, yeah, you paid your bill. I don't know what's going on. It may just be an outage. And about that time, as I'm talking to her, the lights came back on. I was like, oh, thank God, right? And so I was like, I'm the dodo that forgets to pay my bill. But I didn't. I didn't. It's, thank God it's automated. Thank you, Lord, for automated payment, right? And so it was all, we're all good power came back on. And so we're going to figure out what that deal is. But I will tell you this, when it went dark, it was dark. I mean, I was like, wow, it was like pitch in my house. And so luckily I had a candle or two I could light, but I couldn't see anything. Let me just tell you something about darkness. No matter how dark your life is right now, no matter how dark it may seem, there is no dark so dark that God's light can't illuminate. He is our hope. He really is. Just a couple services back, we had a sweet family that comes to church here. They just lost their son two days ago. And this is their first Christmas they're going to experience without him. You know, and I know that that grown man now was a little boy in our church for years. I know he's a Christian. I know he's with the Lord. And I was talking to the father and he said to me, he said, he said, Pastor Bill, I don't know how people who don't have Jesus get through this. I said, I don't either. I would never want to go through what you're going through. And I definitely would never want to go as you're going through alone. But they said that he broke down in tears. He said, with tears, he said, but I have hope. I know I'll see my son again. I said, you're exactly right. If I just take a moment, I just feel led the moment. They're not alone. There's a lot of people who go through the Christmas season without someone. Can I pray for you right now? We just take a moment to interrupt this service. I don't know. I just feel led. Maybe there's someone that you dearly miss this time of year. So let me pray right now for you. God, I want to thank you, Lord, uh, that you carry us during these tough times. 
Lord, as we go through one more Christmas without the one we love, we thank you that you're with us. Thank you, God, that, Lord, because we know that they knew you, that, Lord, it's not a, it's not a goodbye forever, but we'll see them again. That's our hope. It's found in Christ. We thank you, Lord, that you light up our world even in dark moments. In your name we pray. Amen. Isn't God good? Aren't we grateful for the Lord being there with us? So thankful. So thankful. So that light that lit up the Middle East sky that first Christmas, just think about that. It didn't just light up and stay in one spot. That light led the wise men to the baby Jesus. So the light was moving, just like in the Old Testament, when it says that God led the people of Israel, the, the God's people. He led them with a fire by night, a pillar of cloud by day. It moved. In the same way, I just want to mention this. I think in Christianity, sometimes we get so caught up in the rules of don't do this, don't do that, don't go here, don't hang out with this person, right? It's all these rules, right? So, you know, don't party, don't, you know, don't, you know, drink, smoke, or chew, or go with girls that do. I mean, all these rules, right? So we get so caught up in the rules that we forget about the relationship. And I want to challenge you on this one, that, that the light of Christ will lead you. And when he leads you, basically, if you obey him, you don't realize it, but you're moving towards the Lord, and the Lord is moving you towards a preferred future. And so the Bible actually says about light, it says that my word is a light unto your feet, a lamp, a lamp unto your, to, to your feet, a light unto your path. And so, you know, just last night when the power went out, I had to light that candle. I think God let that happen out for this illustration. That's, that's what's going on. I know what's going on. But I realized that it didn't light up the whole room. It just, let, it just lit up just enough for me to know the next step. So I want to encourage you, maybe you're trying to figure your, your life out. What am I supposed to do next? And what about this and that? You're not supposed to have your whole life figured out. God will just show you enough light for your next step. Amen. Just trust the Lord. Don't be worried. He's got your future. He knows what you need. God has got you. Put your hope in him and in no one else. You can trust him. You really can. So my question, my second question is, are you following Jesus in obedience? What's the Lord leading you to do? What's God been putting on your heart? It's time to obey the Lord and take that next step because he has a direction he's taking you. And so in your obedience, he's leading you and guiding you at the same time. Another thing you'll notice, let's go back to our tree for a second if we can. So we've got it pointing to heaven. We've got it, uh, of course, we've got it lit up. And now look at the tree one more time if we can. Do you notice the branches extend out? Have you noticed that? The branches extend out. Now, no other tree does this. All the other trees, think about maybe you have a tree in your front lawn or in your backyard. It kind of goes in one direction and down and over. and It just kind of goes all over the place, right? But not an evergreen. It all extends in the same direction out. That's because our lives are supposed to also extend out. And so we point to heaven, but then we also are a helper on this earth to help others, to make a difference in the lives of others. Look what the scripture says about this. Matthew 5 says, you are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. So we're supposed to have good deeds. One of the things I'm so proud of about our church is that our church is filled with a lot of good deed people. A lot of people just doing good for those, we're supposed to do good in the hood, right? We're supposed to help out. Let's make an impact. Let's make a difference. And so we do that all the time. In fact, I, there's so much going on, I forget, honestly. I just got a text uh, this last week from Pastor Paul up in Stone Oak. Shout out to the Stone Oak campus, by the way. Uh, they just did something really cool. Yeah, let's give it up for them. So 
they said, we don't want to miss out on an opportunity to make a difference. We're always here with all these mission stuff going on in South Texas, but here up in Stone Oak, we want to help out too. So they got the love truck. We bought this truck last year and wrapped it with Church Unlimited and we call it the love truck and we stuff it with stuff to give to people. So they got the love truck and they loaded it with over 400 items that, that included all kinds of clothing, socks, shoes, pants, you know, shirts, uh, it, it had blankets in it, it had jackets, all these things for homeless people, over 400 items, they were all brand new, not used stuff, all brand new, and they took it downtown to a place called the Urban Faith Center, and they just gave it away to homeless people who are hurting. That's just one of the things that one campus has done here at Church Unlimited. How great is that? Isn't that cool to know we do that, that kind of stuff? Yep. So... Also, last weekend, we did Angel Tree. Many of you got an angel. And so what we do is, because of our West Side ministry here in South Texas, we are very connected with a lot of hurting families that we're talking about children that don't have Christmases that look like your kid's Christmas. I mean, they're just, they're just not blessed like that. The parents don't have the means. And so what we did is we got as many names as we could of these children. We, and we wrote down a little, we made a little card, a little angel. We wrote the name of the person, like a little girl. And it was just, say, a girl... 12 years old, right? And, you know, a boy, six years old. And we put these angels all over the trees at all of our campuses. We had 325 of these little angels. And we thought by the end of the weekend, hopefully we'll wipe them all out and you'll go get a gift for one of them, wrap it up and then label it, girl age 12, whatever, and put the little angel attached to it and bring it back to us. Well, we thought by the end of the weekend, we'd have them all taken. By the first two services, they were all taken. Wow. Think about that. That's how generous our church is. We didn't have enough to give to everyone else. That's how many angels were taken. We're all taken, all of them. So we're doing this at every campus. Now I have people mad at me saying, I want an angel. I'm like, okay, okay, don't get mad, you know. So last year, the same problem happened. So last year, they gave up with a really creative, our people, you can get really creative when you want to be generous, right? So last year, we started telling people, and I told them all last week too, I said, hey, if you didn't get an angel, just bring an unwrapped toy between the, or a gift for someone between the ages of birth and 18. And now what we do, we did this last year, was such a raging success, we call it the pop-up store. To our families that we didn't get their name in time for the angel tree, they can come in on this Tuesday, 6 p.m. at our West Side campus. We're creating a pop-up store. Literally, these families come in and they go through a store that everything's already bought and they just take what their kids want and they have a Christmas for their family. How cool is it that we get to do that? You still want to be a part of this. It's not too late. Just bring a gift to your campus by Tuesday afternoon, early afternoon. We'll get it over there. But that's just some of the things we get to do here at Church Unlimited. That's just, just Christmas time. We didn't mention what we do all year long, all the missions that we do. We are always making an impact. In fact, this Christmas Eve, our, our, our offering for Christmas Eve is going to go to plant more churches. But this time we're planting churches in the Uyghur enslavement community in China. Think about that. It's incredible. You know, we keep hearing about the Uyghur slaves in China, but we're not just going to hear about it and pray for them. We're going to actually go help plant churches. Guys, I got to be honest, we're a little soft on this side of the world when it comes to our faith. These people are sharing their faith and they get thrown in prison for it. They get beaten for it. They lose privileges in their country for even staying there a Christian. So I just want to encourage you to know that we want to support them and help them. And so we are helping fund church planting, helping start churches in those communities. They look different than the church you walk in, but they have secret meetings where they share their faith. How amazing is that? So I just want to encourage you, you have to understand what they're doing is risky. They memorize scripture, you know why? So they're not caught with the Bible on them. 
so they can then share the scripture with one person to another. I just can't imagine that. Just them, just memorizing the words they can tell their friend about their Savior. That's the kind of stuff we support. That's the kind of difference we make. That's why I have no problem challenging you with this next question. How are you being generous? How are you generous to make an impact and make a difference? Because there are real, tangible ways you can truly change lives. That's just a few of the ones we're doing here at Church Unlimited. You can get involved in it. Just by giving, you're helping make a difference. Just last week, we sent an offering to the people who are hurting in Kentucky through the tornadoes that lost their homes. We're sending another offering this week again to Kentucky to those who are hurting from the tornadoes. So just making an impact. That's the kind of church we want to be. A number of years ago, I was watching one of my boys play basketball when they were in high school still, and a man came up to me and he said, hey, I want to tell you something about your church. And he said to me, he goes, I want to thank you for your church. He goes, I really believe this town would not be the same without your church. I mean, that's the greatest compliment you could ever give us. He's not complimenting me, he's complimenting you. And I realized that because of the impact that we make. See, I don't think God made us a big church so we could go, oh, look how big we are. I think God allows us to be a large church so we can have a large impact here and around the world in all of our communities. That's what God's called us to do. Let's make a difference. So thank you for being a generous church. You know, every year, my family, we have a tradition in our family that we give gifts, of course, to one another. But I always tally up who got the most expensive gift in the family, and I make sure Jesus gets a larger offering than that amount. And so once again, I'm doing that this year. And so I just want to encourage you the same thing. Why would we give the cheapest gift to the birthday boy? So I just want to challenge you. You know, in fact, we gave an envelope with you if you, if you want to take it. If you're at one of our churches right now, you can simply take it home, pray about what God would have you do, and bring a gift this Christmas Eve to making an impact and make a difference. Thank you for giving. And just thank you for being one of the most generous churches in America. Right here is Church Unlimited. Thank you for being that kind of a people. It's incredible. God, God be the glory for all he's doing through this church. I love it. I'm blown away by it. Yeah. Aren't we thankful? We really are. The last part of the Christmas tree, let's, let's show the tree one more time. Of course, you have to have an angel on top. And so we have the angel on top. Maybe, how many of you guys put a star on top of your tree? That's also popular. Anybody gets put a star? So you put a Dallas Cowboy star. I know, I know what's up. <laughs> That's wrong, by the way. Just letting you know right now. I have a Houston Texan star. I keep it underneath the tree. I hide it. I notice that every December, you know, on Sunday afternoon, I have nothing to do. There's nothing for me to watch. No. My team doesn't make it to the playoffs. But anyways, but you know, maybe you put a star on top, maybe you put an angel on top. Either way, it's appropriate. Both are biblical, right? And so either one is found in Scripture. Look at Luke chapter 1. It says this. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. Can you imagine the privilege that Mary had to... I mean, it's, it's a privilege for anyone to carry a child, but let alone the child of God. Now think about this, to put this in, in greater perspective. Mary was between the ages of 13 and 15 years old. She must have been terrified. Speaking of terrified, another angel showed up after the birth of Christ to the shepherds who went to visit 
uh, Mary and Joseph and baby Jesus. Luke chapter 2, verse 9. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified by the angel, but their angel reassured them, Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. So again, they're scared to death. They're like, you show up, have an angel. I mean, look, when Dwayne the Rock Johnson shows up with wings on, you're scared, okay? I mean, that's going to be like, what's going on, right? He says, hey, don't be afraid. He goes, I'm sent here from heaven to tell you the Messiah has been born, right? I think that's important to know the whole don't be afraid part. Let me mention this if I can. You know, we forget that when God speaks to us, we're also afraid. One of the ways you know God's talking to you is that it scares you what he tells you to do. That's because, remember the Bible says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. So he's going to lead you to do things that are scary to us. He's going to lead you to step out in faith. Maybe you're facing a decision right now. You're trying to figure out, I've got three options. I'm not sure what to do. Here's what I want to encourage you to do. Do the one that scares you the most. Because that requires faith. Do that one. Probably also has the biggest payoff. But do the one that requires faith. I believe God will bless that in your life. But I want to point something out. The angels showed up from heaven and they said, hey, we're here. We were sent here to this earth to tell you about the Messiah. You know what, guys? You and I have been sent to this earth too to tell the world about the Messiah. So what did the angels do? They were a verbal witness. So here's my last challenge for you today. Will you be a verbal witness this week? I know we're busy getting ready for Christmas and we've got Christmas Eve coming up and Christmas Day is going to be a lot of fun with our family. Will you be a verbal witness? What does that mean? Will you simply invite someone to your church this week? It's not complicated. You say, oh, I'm not good with my words. I'm not sure what to say. Yeah, you do. You know how to do this. You're already an evangelist. You're like, oh, no, pastor, I'm not one of those people that can talk. I'm not very good at that. But, but you already are an evangelist. You know how I know? Come on, ladies, I know you are. Because you go to the mall and you find that sale and those blouses. You're like, girl, you better get down here. You're not going to be very many of these left, I'm telling you right now. Right? You do that, don't you? And all the guys, we know how to do it too. You go to that new burger joint, you're like, that was so good. You tell your friend, dude, you got to go check that out. Make sure you order this. It's really awesome. What are you doing? You're doing what's called product evangelism. They literally teach this in college, how to, how to, how to put your product out there and tell the world about it. We are better about telling people about a blouse or a burger than we are about sharing our faith. But the original word evangelism does not come from the world. It comes from the book that God created he tells us, tell the world about me. Amen. So I want to challenge you to be a verbal witness this week. So here's what we've done. We're making it practical for you. We've got little cards that we've made up here for you to take on the way out today at all of our campuses. Please get these on the way out. They're going to be handing them out to you. And on this little card, there's the first top one is to remind you what to do, to pray for your friends and then tear off an invite. So write their names down, tear off an invite. And when you see them at work or when you go work out or whatever it is you go do, just hand them one of these cards. Just say, hey, I just want to invite you to my church. Just, I don't know if you have a place Christmas Eve. I'm not sure if you, you know, have a church you're going to or not. But we'd love to have you come with us. In fact, the best thing to do is pick them up. Just bring them to the service you're going to. Just actually have them come with you. Say, I want you to come. You're going to have a great time. And just tell them. Just give them a personal testimony about what the church has meant to you. If, man, you love it. I promise you it's super festive. So much fun. The kids love it. The preacher's kind of boring. Everything else is good. <laughs> just invite them and have them come experience what you experience every week. And so if you love your church and this place has blessed you, why wouldn't you share that with someone else? So let's be a verbal witness this week. Let's think about that tree. Next time you think about that tree, next time you see that Christmas tree, just remember, God, I want to point to you. I want to light up with your love to others. I want to extend out and be a generous person, making a difference in people's lives. And Lord, I want to be a verbal witness. Would you bow your heads with me right now? Every head bowed, 
Every eye closed, and we just take a moment to pray today. My prayer is that God is speaking to you right now. Maybe you're the one today that says, you know, Lord, I already know you. I thank you for your son. I thank you that Christmas is a big deal to me. Maybe that's you. My challenge for you is, will you be a verbal witness? Will you invite someone? Will you bring somebody? Will you be a generous giver? Will you let your life point to God? If God has convicted you about one of these points, you say, Pastor, I'm gonna, I want to do it. I want to I stretch my faith. It's a little scary, but I'm willing to do the faith thing this week. I'm going to step out, even in fear. I'm going to do it scared, but I'm still going to do it. If that's you, would you just lift your hand high? If you know God is speaking to you to stretch your faith, just lift your hand high. If that's you today, praise God. Thank you. Thank you. Would you invite, would you, would you invite the Lord to speak to you about who you can invite to bring to church this week for Christmas Eve? That's our prayer. We're going all out at all of our different churches. Would you bring someone to your church? Come on, Rodfield, would you bring someone to your church? You love that place. It's changed your life. Come on, Padre. Bring somebody. Bring somebody. You can do it. Come on, Rockport. Reach out. Let's do it. Let's do this. Come on, Stone Oak. Let's invite somebody to church. With your head bowed and your eyes closed, if you've never given your life to Christ, you can receive him right now by praying a very simple prayer. It's not complicated. It's not supposed to be. It's very simple. It's a simple faith. Pray this prayer with us right now. You can just say this out loud. Say, Dear Jesus, I realize I need you. I believe you died for my sin. And I believe you rose again. Please come in my heart. Be my Lord and be my Savior. I repent of my sins. I put you in first place. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you just gave your life to Christ, would you just lift your hand high? No one's looking around. If you'll just lift your hand high if you just gave your life to Christ today. Thank you. There are hands going up all across our church. You just hold your hand high. Just hold your hand high. Thank you for giving your life to Jesus. That's what we're all about here at Church Unlimited. Thank you for giving your life to Jesus today. Just hold your hand high. You're online right now. You can put in the text chat. Just say, my hand's raised. You can click hand raised right now. Just let us know if you're churchunlimited.com. Thank you for giving your life to Jesus. Lord, we love you, God. We thank you for your word. Thank you, God. We'll never look at the Christmas tree and lights the same. Lord, thank you that you're our hope and we want our lives to point to you from this day forward. In your name we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. Isn't God good? His word is so true.